Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 27 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. As always, I'm with my friend, media pastor Josh Harrell, and today we have our uh, another guest, as I say, special guest, but I think you're only a special guest if you're on once. here once, So, and she's been on here a couple times now, so it's our kids' pastor, Kristen Bembry. Hello, Josh. Hello, Kristen. Hello. I'm hey, glad Shannon. I'm here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. So uh, why do we call this podcast the 167, Kristen? Kristen. <laughs> we call it the 167 because there are 168 hours in a week, and you spend plus or minus a little bit of an hour at church, and we... Maybe. Maybe. Depends on who's talking. <laughs> oh, wow. Dang. <laughs> Shots fired. Wow, wow. But we want to reach you guys in the 167, the other hours of the week, and just remind you of what we talked about and why we do what we do and how you can get closer to God. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting closer to God, why are you on the episode today? Were you just bored and you had nothing else I to do? I was bored and I had nothing else to do this so we week. Said, hey, so they on. were like, come on. No, I am here because we are less than a week out for our first ever VBS at the porch. Yeah. No, yeah. Very much less. Very first Ooh. ever. Yeah. Like four days out. Yes. Four days out. We yeah. start on Monday, the 21st. Uh-huh. And if you have not signed your kids up. Yeah. Do it. Do it. I want all the kids there. If you're from three years old, if you're three, all the way through just completed fifth grade, you are invited. We're from nine to 12 every single day, and we are getting on the Rocky Railroad. We are taking a trip through the Rocky Mountains. Yep. And that was nice. (laughs) We're going to learn how we can trust Jesus in every part of our lives. So. Cool. I'm really excited. I should sign Mallory up, probably. You should sign Mallory I'm kidding. She's up. been signed up. Oh, and Josh asked me to do a special thing for the podcast listeners, so we're going to do this. I'll put a special discount out. Oh. Code, what are we going to call it, Josh? How about... Podcast. Podcast. Oh! Excellent. Um, and we will take $5 off the registration fee. Wow, what? look at that. The phone lines are lighting up right now. Oh, wait, hang on. We don't wait, have any phone lines. <laughs> cell phone. I got a text. <laughs> Yeah, so you can let us know. I'm, I'm, you've been running around. When I said I, you were sitting around doing nothing, that is not true. No. Uh, you've been running around. You've got a great volunteer base. I have a great group of people who are here working now. Uh-huh. Um, they are planning to be here most of the week to decorate mm-hmm. stuff. And we have a full-on train for the stage. And we also have a full-on train for the parking lot so that we can... Have some fun. So Monday when you morning. say full on, you mean like an actual train like that runs through the tracks like by my house around yes, one o'clock that in the morning? Legitimately that big. Yeah. <laughs> it's made out of <laughs> cardboard. It looks like a train. It looks like a train. Now but the one it, outside. Choo-choo. The one outside is legit. I'm just gonna do choo choo every time I hear the word train Excellent. during this whole week of VBS. Train. Choo choo. Train. Choo choo. What's your favorite train song, Kristen? Choo choo. Why did oh, I say that? I- <laughs> I can't even think of a train song right now. Jason Aldean, probably something about a night oh, train. Oh, I do like night train, but I think he means the band train. Yeah, I was going to say Drops oh, of Jupiter. Oh. Uh, Drops of Jupiter, yeah. Yeah, that guy's, Meet that Virginia. guy's odd. Yeah. He's weird, but I like his songs. Really? Mm-hmm. That's kind of your era it is. a little bit? Of, it is. Was that like middle school, high school? High that? school, yeah. 
Okay. A lot of yeah. train stuff. So it takes you back a little, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Mallory informed me the other day because I'm driving down the road, and you guys have been in the car with me, so you've heard this too, but Mallory pointed out the fact that every song I hear reminds me of a, a moment. So I'll be like, this reminds me of the summer of 1985 at the Elks Swimming Pool. And she's like, every song reminds you of something. I was like, yeah, that's what music does. Yeah, music takes does. takes you that. back. Yep. Always. Always. So it takes you to a time and a place. And I think there's yeah. country songs about songs I think taking there are. you back. Wow, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, um, we digress. What do you want to let us know else about um, Rocky Railway? Rocky, Walk, Rocky, Rocky Railway. Railway. I have to be real careful not to say Rocky Railway. Yeah, I need like an SLP in mm-hmm. here to help me say yeah. it right. Yeah. There will be Rocky one in a minute. Rocky Railway. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, you know. Sometimes they show up. Taking a few other classes. What else do I want you to know about Rocky Railway? We have music. We have science, fun gizmos Mm -hmm. that are going to be done every single day. Mm -hmm. I have some super cool science experiments that I'm going to perform. You are. I am going to perform. Wow. From the stage for you guys. I don't have. Oh, I should get one. I I know someone who gets you one. Okay. Awesome. I need a lab coat. Um, He sleeps in my bed. Oh, okay. And it's my husband. Okay, good. (laughs) Just making sure. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It could have been my cat. It It could have been. been, It could have. I don't want a lab coat worn by a cat. That would make me terribly sneezy. (laughs) And it would be a little tight. And a little small. (laughs) Just do the shoulders. Oh my gosh. Josh is going, why did we let what? why did we put these two together with microphones? I'm out of here. This is why we don't do a podcast. We've talked about it. Yeah, but we've talked about it. And then we started this one. Yeah. Yeah. That hey, nothing's impossible. No, Kristen. I mean it could still happen. I think the I think the viewpoint of of two friends, women in ministry. Is a podcast. It, or just two friends is a it, podcast. It could be a thing. One of them I would I would attach my name to. The other one I would probably go by an alias. Yeah, we would yeah, definitely need just some because you never pseudonyms. know. Pseudonyms. <laughs> so back to VBS. Back to VBS again. Again, sorry, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, we will. Let's see. We've got crafts and science and Bible adventures. Bible that's what, adventures. That's yeah. what you guys are doing. Me and Allison Crenshaw. You've got some and, super and crew, cool stories. Crew of people yeah. about crew. Paul. I see what you did there. We've got a great sketch about what Jesus did for us. It's going to be super powerful. Is that in, is that in the Bible Adventures? No, it's on okay. Thursday during the Rocky Wrap-Up. Um, awesome. But it's going to be super powerful. So sign your kids up. We want them to learn how to trust Jesus. Yes. And every time they hear trust Jesus, they're going to get to go, woo-woo. Oh, really? So yeah. instead of choo-choo, woo-woo. Woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Woo-woo. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll be. I'll you're be prepared. I think you'll be ready. I'll get there. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, uh, use the code podcast, podcast. Sign up. Go to our website, theporchcc.com. Yep. Click on the events tab. Events and then Rocky Railway. Rocky, Rocky Railway. Railway. They do that on purpose. I think they do. You know, they have to because <laughs> it's all like wild rapids. You know, it's all stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, right, that's yeah. how they name those things. They do. They do that on purpose. Well, we're super excited, and I'm Kristen, very thank excited. you for your time and energy. And I know you're going to need more of it next week. We all are. We're all going to yeah. be here, all all hands on deck, and it's going to be a great week. So that that was a boat. We're, we're all aboard. Yeah. We're not on yeah. a boat. We're all, all aboard. aboard. Okay, so yeah, we'll yep. all be here, and it'll be great. All right, so you're going to run now. I'm going to run. I got to go turn a baptismal into a mountain stream. So <laughs> I got to go. Um, cut some more is this cardboard. similar to the water to wine that we talked about last week? Uh, I will not be turning the, <laughs> the mountain stream into wine. Okay, at least not. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. Nope, not Good at deal. all. 
<laughs> All right. Guys. Thank you, Kristen. Bye, She's Kristen. leaving the studio now. We know this because... And she's, and she's gone. So, um, something in the water. Yep. Speaking of the baptismal, as Kristen was just saying. Week two. Uh, week two of something in the water, and we were in John chapter two. But hey, so before we jump into that, how's everything going with you? Because we kind of went straight to Kristen because she had to talk with us and then yeah, I didn't and then get, get to say out. What's yeah. going on, How, how's it going? Cool. Hey, hey, Josh, how's it going? It's going. <laughs> There's probably someone going, oh, maybe this would be the one time he... Oh, no, they did it. They Dang did it. it. Dang yep. it. I noticed you're drinking like a super duper, like, what is that? It's called Zoa. Uh-huh. It is the Rocks Energy Drink. Oh. Is yeah. this to be like healthier or something? I mean, sure. Okay. All right. It tastes good. Is it? Is it one of those like um, energy drink things? Yeah. Yeah. I can't drink those. They make me really jittery. This one doesn't. So. Um but you can only get it like GNC, so. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's supposed to be healthy. It's supposed to be. <laughs> so did you do anything this week at all? No, not at all. Not one bit? Nope. Just super bored. Yep. Sitting around. Yep. Lazy. Yep. <laughs> no, uh, we moved houses. We are officially in the new house. The Heralds have moved. Yep. Across the county. Wow. I don't know how people move towns or states or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, because for sure. moving across town was god awful mm-hmm. and never close on a monday because <laughs> all your friends work that's right that's right that's right uh, and if you do have friends that are unemployed uh they probably don't want to come help you move because no. they're like nah i'm good <laughs> too busy playing dungeons and dragons yeah, right collecting that check yeah <laughs> uh, so um thank my parents were amazing yeah they, they came in and my dad helped Helped me move a ton of stuff. So me, him, and Chris Smith, who also... He and his wife also moved this week. On a Monday. On a Monday. So we traded help. And that's funny because Noreen, Chris's wife, is Kristen's like right hand for this upcoming VBS. So it's like, what? yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. I think it's like everything's happening now, like post-COVID. Because oh, you guys yeah. have been wanting to to move when you found the right place for a while. Yeah. And then it just... I mean, total first world problems. We were living in a 1,200-square-foot house right. with two little girls mm-hmm. and just kind of first world full, yep. you know? Very good point there, first world full, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we're like, well, we'd like a little bit more space, and but the housing market's like, yeah, you can sell your house for a lot more, but you're going to buy for a lot more. and then, <laughs> But you're going to be sleeping in your car. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so... Um, our percussionist, Ben House, who is a kick-butt real estate agent. And I love the fact that his last name is House, and he's a realtor. Yeah. but what? And then uh, what's even funnier is that his dad was a doctor, and his name is House. So, oh, yeah. wow. So that's yes, funny, too. Yeah. Um, but he, we talked about finding a house, and, and we weren't able to find anything, but he, he never kind of abandoned us. And then when he found the right house, he gave me a call, and... Now we're in a new house. Yeah, so yeah. If you need a realtor, call Ben House for sure. If we have other church uh, realtors listening to the podcast, well, <laughs> let <sorry>. us know. <laughs> we'll we'll sh- we'll give you a shout out too. Um, yeah, Ben has shown a few houses to me, and he's gracious because he usually knows that I'm not gonna. Yeah, according to your husband, you're never moving. Well, yeah, 
We'll see about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 fairly happy where we are. I will say he came home last night after helping Chris unload trailers after trailers of stuff at, from their new house, and he was th- here was the selling point. Um, they have a theater room, and the people they bought the house from, they didn't. They thought that this was not going to happen, but at closing, the people that sold the house said, "We're going to leave those um, theater recliners." In the theater room and the mini fridge and everything. Awesome. They did. They did take the TV, but so Drew was just like that was the selling point for him. So if I can find a, a decent house, house with a theater room, with a theater room is, and a pool, because that's what I want. So basically, yeah. we just need to move in with the Smiths because yes. that is the house, though. But you know, that'd be that'd be kind of crowded. So anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, you've had a busy week. We've all had a busy yeah. week. Um, it, it's it's really like uh, what you were. Ch- wanted to do during COVID, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to slam in yep. in the month of June. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone's out of school now, so let's try to do all the things. Yeah. Everyone's on sure. vacation. Everyone's on back-to-back vacations because mm-hmm. they got two years of vacations that they're trying to cram in. Yep. They got 2020's vacations and 2021's. <laughs> we went on vacation in 2020. I will say, we we did, and we were thankful, like, that we went to the beach, and, and it opened up in time, and uh, we were able to do it. But I know a lot of places in the country mm-hmm. that weren't, so... Well, um, so let's jump into uh, let's jump into the water. Let's do it. Hey. Let's see how deep it is. Oh, oh. Uh, if, if it's me, it's not usually very deep because I'm not that smart. So you know. Um, but yeah, so this past Sunday we talked about, of course, in the something in the water series, we're looking at these significant moments throughout Scripture where God uses water in some way to reveal Himself, reveal His character, you yep. know, who He is. And so this week we were in John chapter two. And we looked at a very well-known verse uh, where Jesus does his first recorded miracle of turning the water into wine. And you um, went in a completely different place than what <laughs> most people hear about. Well, and I tried to because it's so well-known, even by people who aren't believers or who don't you know, necessarily study the Bible. I mean, it's just one of those stories you've, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, there's a story about him turning water to wine. Mm-hmm. And whether they've thought any more af- about that after that fact, who knows? So, yeah, I, we talked about molecules and and just down to the, the the molecular level of what it would take for that to really happen, and, and, in, I've, and I've the never, time frame it happened. And yeah, I've never really thought about it happening at a mo- molecular level. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's another word that's hard to say. Molecular. Yeah, I was gonna say molecularly in Ooh. the my message on Sunday, and I was like, nope. See, molecular level. <laughs> and and that's one thing that makes you... And nothing but surface level makes you a better pastor than I could ever be because I can't say words. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you you see my, um, my messages because mm-hmm. I send you... Yep. And it's like the... You know, it's not grammatically correct. It's, it is written for me to read it, to see it, and catch the thought and then talk about it. It is not written for publication. It is not, there's nothing. I mean, there's so many errors in there and you've seen Josh where I write out words phonetically, like with my Greek Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I write them out phonetically, so I'll say them correctly. And then uh, up on the screen will be the actual like, um, words. Yeah. yeah, Spelling of it. But Mm -hmm. because yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good either. So, but, um, here's what I wanted to do before we talk about the, a little bit more about the water to wine, um, because where I didn't get to go uh, on Sunday was a little bit more about the, the ceremonial washing jars. 
And I wanted to talk about that for a minute. But before we do, I thought I would read verses 6 through 10 of John 2. And I want to read it from the message just to kind of give it a little bit of a different angle. Yeah. And so here's what it says. It says, Six stoneware water pots were there used by the Jews for ritual washings. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. So these these were a good size, right? Yep. Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. Now, fill your pitchers and take them to the host, Jesus said, and they did. When the host tasted the water that had become wine, he didn't know what had just happened, but the servants, of course, knew. He called out to the bridegroom, everybody I know begins with their finest wines, and after the guests have had their fill, brings in the cheap stuff, but you've saved the best till now. Um, So that's the background of the story. And what we see, what often happens with Scripture is we just, we're hearing John's retelling of this event. Right. And, um, you know, we're not seeing nuance. We're not hearing, um, you know, tone of voice or what was the, the, the uh, what occurred between um, fill the pots with water and now take it to the host. Like, we don't, we don't know all this. Now, I will say this, after... Um, Sunday, like right after the message and I was talking to people, uh, one of the things that I heard from several was uh, how, as I was reading the story and we were talking about the, the divine, the miracle that occurred, several people said that it reminded them of the series The Chosen. Have you seen that yet? Have you watched no, it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, you just haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, yeah, Drew and Mallory and I have started watching it, but we are not to that point yet. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two seasons, and this is in season one. And um, But they were telling me how they just thought of the, the visual presentation of The Chosen. So we haven't gotten there, but I went on YouTube this morning, <laughs> just this morning, and I was like, maybe it's on here. Like They don't do the whole episode, but they'll do scenes. Right. Well, And I found the scene, and like the director does a little intro to it and talks about why it was important. And he, it's funny because he said basically what we said um, just a moment ago is that he knew he want, obviously this is a, the, a pivotal moment in scripture, right? but it's so well known that he wanted to tell it in a way that, that spoke to people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I loved how they did it. Uh, I encourage you to even just, if you're, if you haven't watched the chosen yet, it's a great show. It's great to watch with your family um, it is really, really good. It is not cheesy at all, because I know there it's is so a bad that you have to say that. I but know, right. but when people think about Christian stuff, it's like, oh, that's gonna be super cheesy. Is it gonna be that guy from Albany, you know, or wherever he's? <laughs> is he gonna be in it? Hopefully, he's not listening. <laughs> I, he's not listening. I know. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, good, good for you to, you know, good do job. What you do. Yeah, that's um, right. How are you watching it? Because it's not the easiest to watch, is um, it? The first couple of episodes are free on YouTube, and that's what we've watched so far. Okay. So I think it's on Peacock TV, but I'm not sure. I think that's one I've seen it uh, advertised for, but I haven't delved into it more, which is okay. why we also haven't watched uh, many more episodes, because I need to find it. I really do not want to add another streaming service know, to, but, my, to my life. <laughs> the, the way they do this... It, they crowd. They won't film more until they've crowdsourced right. the budget for it, which so, is so cool. Yeah, and so it, it makes it kind of weird because they have to wherever they play it, they have to ha- 
make it available to give. Yeah. So it's not the easiest to find. Yeah, yeah. Like that's one of the reasons. Like I look for it one day and I couldn't find it. So well, I'm hoping that eventually, you know, once they complete the project, that mm-hmm. someone will buy up the whole thing yeah, and, and stick, it'll be available somewhere. On Netflix or yeah, something yeah. I already pay for. But, I mean, streaming services are the new TV channels. They're the oh, new yeah. cable channels. Yeah. I mean, that's all they are. And at first it was like, oh, I can just stream and I'll be... But now it's like, no, you need to stream this for this and stream that for... Yeah, well, anyway. We <laughs> we digress often, don't we? Uh, yeah. What were you about to say? Oh, that's a podcast for another <laughs> day. I, ha- I have some opinions. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of people really thought of The Chosen. I watched that scene this morning, and it is really, really good. Um, I was about to say, I don't want to give it away, but we all know what happens. But I just really love how they filmed it and... The moment that that Jesus um, stood there with the pot after he had just um, uh, ordered them to fill the pots with water, and then he stands there, and it's just a few—I mean, just a few moments—and it, um, it, it's just really—it's really cool. It mm-hmm. was like you could tell that he was preparing himself because he knew this was going to be the beginning of of people recognizing who he was yeah. as Messiah as. So anyway, um, so let's go into the background on the ceremonial jars for okay. a moment. Okay, um, what John does, the writer of this, is is he makes sure that the reader, which includes even you and me today, but uh, even initially, like he makes sure that whoever reads this account understands this deep detail that there were six stone water jars and they weren't just any water jars they were they weren't just like you know the ones you have around the house and we got to remember i mean there's no running water right i mean you go and draw the water i mean if you're really really wealthy today's all about (laughs) enunciation um (laughs) if you're really wealthy like you might have access to a cistern or a uh some some sort of closer water source but water jugs water jars were essential to any and every household. Yeah. And so he wants to make sure that the reader knows that these weren't just your standard everyday jars, but they were used, these particular ones were used for Jewish purification rites. So it's like the kind used for ceremonial washing. So here's the deal. With with the, the Jewish faith, those who were devout and practicing, of course they had just their standard like hygienic washing like they you know they did mm. not want to you know washing of the hands and feet and and that kind of thing but then there was also ceremonial washing that occurred for certain um uh, what does it say holidays but um like these certain moments like passover and these hol- these these jewish holidays that would occur yeah. that were very holy days that mm-hmm. were important and so when the text says ceremonial washing this is not just simply like a matter of washing one's hands before getting in line at the buffet. You know, like, I mean, think about, you know, COVID and, and everything. And now it's like there's hand sanitizer when you walk into Home Depot right. or whatever. Like, this is not like we cannot, it's not the same. Right. I, this um, is the, these are the kind of jars that were used for cleaning the priest that was going into the Holy of Holies, too. They also had yeah. one. Yeah. So it was very, it was so it's like common, but like even a household would have yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but, the the more um, the fact that they had six of these uh, was very profound as well, and it yeah. could have just been that it was a wedding, but weddings were held in homes, and so it was likely this was a very prominent person's home, right? Because they had six of these mm-hmm. jars. Um, but so th- this 
the purification for the Jewish people, for the guests of the wedding, this was a highly, highly spiritual matter, and it was all tied to holiness. They, they, they wanted to be holy. And so it's, it's really likely, like I said, that this was a, probably a priestly family, someone who was in the priesthood because they had yeah. this many, um, which just accounts for the jars themselves. Um, and like their concern for ritual purity, like they did not want to be impure. So think of it like this. While the stone jars are completely and 1,000% acceptable vessels for holy water, and wine is totally acceptable to be consumed at a, welling, at a wedding celebration, you don't put wine in the jars meant for ceremonial washing. Okay? And, right. and you know, the listener, whomever, might be going, what's the big deal? But it's like there's times when, um, you know, we'll... we'll we'll find a, a cup and go, you know, this was really, you know, it was for water or it had milk in it, but most of the milk's out of it, but I'm going to go ahead and put some water in it and take a sip. Right. Like we just grab the nearest receptacle and put what we want to drink in it and drink it. And we don't, this was not the case. Like mm-hmm. you don't put wine in the ceremonial purification jars. Mm-hmm. You just don't do it. Yeah. It's just not done. And I don't think we comprehend that. No, we and, don't comprehend and in that the Jewish faith, there's a lot of clean and unclean. Oh, it's everything, talking, yeah. It's talking about meat, containers, stuff like that. I mean, they were very... Separation of that, separation yep. Separation of stuff you can use daily and stuff you can't use yep. daily. all the time. So, it, so the uh, illustration there, I mean, he's taking something that they see as unusable for certain things, and Jesus is taking it to use it for whatever he wants. Wow, and isn't that what? And that's what he's beginning to do. Yeah. So, so what? What we would consider to—I mean, it would be considered impure, unholy, and sacrilegious to put anything other than holy water in those jars. Um, an interesting note that I that I uh, found was that, and I, and I was doing some study on this, is that John also makes a point of of saying that these were stone jars and not clay jars, which was also very common. Clay jars back then was like our plastic cups today. And a clay jar, they were cheaper, they were easier to make, but also if at any point it was contaminated, I'm doing air quotes, um, and considered impure, you threw it away. So you just got rid of it. Um, stone jars, you don't do that. One, it, it's they're more expensive, they're harder to make, and they're harder to break. And so, um, it, it was a John was very specific in in pointing this out. Yeah. And not just that he was specific. I think Jesus was specific in, in how choosing. this moment came about. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, here I was trying to think of an example, and we've already thrown out. But like, imagine like you're you're coming into church. We heard Kristen talk about how she and and uh, one of one of her volunteers are about to try to transform the area in our in our auditorium that is our baptismal area, and they're going to co- try to transform it to make it look like a waterfall, I believe. Yeah. Uh, which I'm hoping that means that no water is actually going to fall out of the baptismal. Eh. But um, <laughs> uh, we'll just make sure a lot of electronics are over there. How about yep. that? Yeah. So, but no, imagine like you're on your way into church, Josh, like you're on your way into our auditorium and you're like, you know what? I'm a little parched. And I think, you know, it looks like the baptismal's full today. I'm just going to go over there and um, have a little sip of that. I'm going to, I'm going to just take my hand in there. And as we used to call it in my house, get a cowboy drink. Cause that's just when you cup your hand and drink. Okay. Yeah. But that's called, we called that cowboy drink. Okay. So, um, I'm going to go over there and get a cowboy drink out of the baptismal. Like you wouldn't do that. Nope. No, you wouldn't do that. Um, or imagine what's your favorite beverage? Coke. Coca-Cola. Yep. Coca-Cola. 
That's how you say that. Um, so imagine one day you walk in, you're like, man, I really want a Coke, you know, and there's a baptismal filled with Coke, Coca-Cola. Yeah. And so, and <laughs> yeah, that would, that's a whole other, <laughs> Ooh, that's not right. Um, the baptismal filled with Coca-Cola and you're like, yeah, and you like get your giant straw and just go like drink out of it. Like you don't do that. It's no. just, so I think we painted that picture well enough. But so when Jesus tells the servants to draw from the jar and bring it to the master of ceremonies, that is incredibly odd. Mm -hmm. Like, they know something's up. Yeah. Like, they know, uh, uh, I mean, and I'm sure they were petrified. Because like, he's basically the guy that can taste wines and, like, know if it's good or not. He's like the, the I, sommelier, I'm not even sommelier, say it. sommelier, I don't know how to say it. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, he knows. Yeah. He knows. I don't know if the, he's called, considered, he was called, like, the master of ceremonies, the master of celebration, depending on uh, how you read it. But I don't know if it's like he's the wedding coordinator, in mm -hmm. effect, which would make sense for a Jewish wedding. It would a, a woman wouldn't do that. Now you think wedding coordinator, and you think of probably a woman doing that. But yeah. um, so he. But anyway, he knows his wine, wh whatever his role is. And so when he tells the the servants to draw from the jar, they know something's up. Um, and you know they know just like we wouldn't drink from the baptismal, you know something. And so when the when the um, MC takes a sip, not knowing where it had come from, and he names it the best wine of the celebration, those who were aware knew that something different was now happening. Something was in the water. Something was in the water. Mm -hmm. Good job. <laughs> so this transformation, this genomai, which I just had spelled out phonetically here. I was, on my, try, I was on trying my to name. figure out how you were going to say that. Gen o my. See it's it? Like no, that's the H. The G-H is again. Okay. But yeah, genomai in the Greek, it means to become, to come into existence, to begin to be, to be assembled. And so here's what happens. Jesus began to reveal his divinity by this miracle. Mm -hmm. This was the beginning. People began to notice, and Jesus' disciples began to believe. Because yeah. up to that point, and I mentioned this on Sunday, is they were his disciples because he was a really good teacher. And teachers and disciples were not. Were, it was it was not uncommon in their culture. Uh, we hear the word disciple and we just think Jesus, but this was common to have for a teacher to have disciples. But now they believed in him in something much more than a teacher. Yeah. So, so there a lot happened here. Yeah, and then so, I, I know we're about to kind of walk away from let's this. Mm -hmm. I think we're about to go into the start of Jesus's ministry. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, one thing about the water to wine thing that mm -hmm. has always been neat to me is that they filled it with water. Mm -hmm. And then um, water back then is not like what you get out of the tap. It's not safe to drink right away. Mm. So not only did Jesus change the molecular structure yeah. of the water, he changed it from something that was impure, that was impossible uh -huh. uh, for someone to consume with, without making them sick yeah. to something clean they can consume and is life-giving. I did not know that the water was not drinkable straight away. Well, it's, it doesn't say in any translation that they mm -hmm. filled it from like a spot where right. it's drinkable water. Right. But usually they don't have that much on hand. Right. There's usually a jar or two of water. That they've had. That they have. That's ready. Yeah. That's ready to yeah. go. Yeah. Most of it is like the water system that's in these big houses that's used for like bathing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So... But, some people, some say that they basically took bath water and he turned it into wine. 
Huh. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. he just took something that was... So he removed the impurities. He removed the impurities. Before even changing it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. So... That's good stuff. Ooh, thanks for sharing that. That's really good. So so we... And here's what we did. Um, so we talked about baptism in the first week of the series on a, on a day when we would normally celebrate communion because we like to celebrate communion once a month and do it the first Sunday of the month if we can, just to help people remember, you know... Uh, but because of baptism, we said, all right, well, let's 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 kind of pause on that. But we didn't want to not have communion, right? Yep. So we said, well, let's do it the second week of June and the second week of the series. Let's do communion. So here I am working on the message, and we're talking about this transformation and talking about uh, in John 2 what Jesus is doing with his first recorded miracle. And then we have to transition to the communion table and prepare ourselves to, to receive the communion. And, um, and that is just as much about a transformation as, as this story. And it really got me thinking, and this is definitely something I was not even going to attempt to get into in my message because, (laughs) um, it's just so much, and I think it would be a snooze fest for a lot of people, and then also maybe even confusing for other people. It's, um, and scary. If you're not if you're not like really leaning in to study, you're kind of like, what are you talking about? But I did ma- I did make sure I made a point um, on Sunday as we prepared for communion um, when we read the scripture where Jesus is at the Last Supper or they're celebrating the Passover meal. Yeah, his Last Supper with them. And he's basically, he's institute he's beginning this sacrament of communion with us in a new way. He's, this genomai is alive right there because he's, he's transformed it from the Passover meal now to the communion meal. Right. And he tells them to remember, and he says, this is my body broken for you, and this is my blood poured out for you. And if you're, if you're in the mindset of, okay, well, Jesus just changed water to wine. Has he now just changed bread to his body? And has he now just changed wine to blood? And yet, like you said, that could be like, whoa, where are we going here? And there's actually a term for this, Josh. I don't yeah. know. And, and we're getting all the words in today. But there's a term, and, and I, uh, it, was a, it was a term I learned, actually, as a, as a younger kid, because I grew up in the Catholic faith. But it's this uh, term, tram, transubstantiation. And, and what it means is that through the priestly uh, blessing and prayer over the, the sacrament, mm-hmm. the bread and the juice, that it actually becomes the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. And that's what uh, Orthodox and, and Catholics um, practice and believe um, and, and, in that. And so that's... Is there, is there a reason why that they... Because he... he he said it is my body, it is my blood. Is that why they went like they think you that? You know, I, yes, but I've never really gone into how it became a practice in the Catholic Church, like when that became the way. I don't mm. know. I'm not sure about that because because the disciples didn't practice that in the early church in, in Acts that, that we know of. So somewhere along the way it became... Uh, the teaching within the Catholic Church. Um, so I'm not sure. That's that's an interesting question. I'd have to okay. have to do a little background on that. Um, so first and foremost, I guess I'll say we do not practice that interpretation of of communion. Um, so John Wesley, who's the 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 father of our our Wesleyan beliefs, right? He right. had a very high he had a high esteem for um, communion for the sacrament of communion. He did not take it lightly. It was not just a, a, oh yeah, we should do this every now and then thing. Um, 
So what I thought I would do is kind of outline uh, the the four basic communion interpretations, which I've already shared a little bit about transubstantiation. Okay, okay. so there is transubstantiation, and that's the theory that, that, like I said, it's associated with Catholicism, Orthodox, but it's that belief that the bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Christ. So when the priest says the prayer of consecration, there is a belief that there is a change in the essence of the elements, even though they may still appear as bread and wine, the belief is that they are now the body and blood. Right. Uh, Now there's also this other uh, communion interpretation. It's called consubstantiation. Con means with or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So this theory, it's most often associated with Martin Luther. And if you remember or if you know, Martin Luther was a Catholic priest. Correct. Discovered the Word of God, which you would think, why well, didn't he already know it? But he did. <laughs> and then he nailed his 95 theses to the wall or to the door of the church and thus began they didn't like this that. whole thing. Yeah, and, and this the Protestant church kind of was birthed out of that. But so with consubstantiation, it's similar to the, the Catholic teaching, the transubstantiation, um, in that Christ's body and blood are literally present in the bread and wine, but the difference is that the essence of the elements also remains bread and wine. So it's saying they're both. Like in the Lutheran type or Anglican type, um, I think it's Anglican. Yes. Type... Um, uh, understanding interpretation is that it is both bread and body and both wine and blood. Yes. It is both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a, the, the, a third interpretation of communion, and it's just called like the spiritual presence, which is the theory that it's most often associated with John Calvin, which is where you get the Calvinistic um, doctrine, you know, Baptists, a, a lot of Protestants probably have some form of this viewpoint. Yeah. Um, where there's not a belief that there is a change in the elements at all, but that tri- but that Christ truly comes into the bread and the wine in a spiritual sense. So it's mm-hmm. just a spiritual representation. And then there's the memorialist, memorialist. And this theory affirms the Lord's Supper is it's to it's to be taken as a memorial, a remembrance of the death of Christ, a remembrance of his sacrifice for us. And there's no sense that Christ participates in the actual elements. And so that's kind of where where that is. Um, and and you can see that like in the Passover meal when when Jesus says in Luke 22 to remember the moment, you know, do this in 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 remembrance of me. And so. Most scholars would agree that Wesley's position, the Wesleyan position, falls somewhere between the concept of spiritual presence and memorialist. It's somewhere in there. Um, The difference between Wesley and Calvin on this is that it's not only Christ's presence that's experienced, as as Calvin uh, stressed, but also as we in the Wesleyan faith we we stress that the presence of the whole Trinity in the whole act of communion meal is there. That So Wesley's position focuses on communion as this means of grace. There's and that word again. There's that word again, grace, means of grace. And what is the mean, what are the means of grace? It is an, they are outward and visible signs of an inward and a spiritual grace. So they, this is an outward sign representing what God is doing inside. Um, and so we would say that communion for us in, in, the, in our church represents Christ's body being broken for us and represents Christ's bl- blood being poured out for us. And we get to, we get to 
uh, experience that mm-hmm. grace in our lives. Yes. Because because of that, our sins are forgiven, and we get to experience that grace. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we are. I'm sure that I've just... I don't know if I completely just confused everybody, but no. but there are some different interpretations, and it, and it is interesting because I, I do find that we'll have people come to church and they're like, well, can we participate? Can we not? Because I didn't even get into like, you know, who gets to take communion? You know? Oh yeah, there's Which, there's this whole like, um, the Baptist church I grew up in, you had to be a member of the church to get to participate. Mm-hmm, right, um, and and you got to be the angel accountability to be a member, right? You, and join the church and yep. be baptized. Yep, and yep, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of, like in the, the Catholic Church, you know, you have to go through your classes and then um, then you then you re- and go to confession and then yep. you receive your first communion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we say, and, and I say try to say this a lot before any time we share communion on Sunday, is we practice an open table. Be- right. and, and the reason we do is exactly what I just read about our Wesleyan understanding of communion is that it's a means of grace. So that means even if you just desire to know God more, that you're welcome to receive that the elements because that's God's grace towards you. Mm-hmm. And I, I know several examples of people who were just in the searching stage and they were at a service and participated in communion and that was their moment. Like, they realized in that moment, like, wow, God has done this for me. Yeah. This is what he has done through Jesus Christ. And, and they have, that's become their salvation moment. And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, because uh, you, you, you say, and I've heard Bob and Diane also say, mm-hmm. all, all are welcome yep. at the Lord's table. Yep. All are welcome. And then without actually saying it, they're saying all are welcome to receive God's grace. Yeah, right, exactly, you yeah. Know, and that's and that's really cool, and that's when, like, um, you get approached to do a wedding, and they say, hey, we want to do communion, and, like, and then you go, well, because <laughs> all are yep, welcome, yep. you have to be able to provide enough for everyone in attendance. Right, right, and do you want to do that? And, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just, when you tie grace into it, it's just, it's really um, humbling, mm-hmm. you know, that this, this, this is a representation of how I receive God's grace. Yeah. And it's, and um, communion has never been more important to me than it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, um, we're, this is the only place I've seen that um, has a communion team that aren't like elders or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, it, it can be someone younger than you, it can be some, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all women. That, that, what? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> you know, but it's you know to to receive communion from someone that you you engage with mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. outside of church is is very humbling for not just the person receiving but also the people. Giving. Yeah, I was about to say if you ask any of those people on the community team, they're like, it is such a an honor. Like it's it's a holy moment for them to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I have to admit, sometimes I take that for granted. I think just because we. We do it so much, and it's you know part of the service that that I'm thankful that I'm reminded by our servers, our, our mm-hmm. communion team, that they're like, oh, it, it is a privilege to be able to do that and to look someone in the eye and say, you know, by name, you yeah. know, Joshua, the body of Christ broken for you. You know, it's just, oh. And one of the things I love the most, um, where I was seated 
a Sunday after the message, I kind of sit on the side of the stage. Yeah. Um, and I wait for everyone to be served, and then I'll I'll go th- and I'll usually wait for my husband and daughter to go through. But they were on the other side, so I was sitting there, and um, it was just neat to see one um, families come up and receive, and like little kids come, but then even just I mean, I don't know, I I don't want to sound like I'm patronizing, but like like friends with um with special needs, you know, children or yeah. adult children, but yeah. that are with them and to come and receive. And it's just, it's just this beautiful image of God's grace for all people. Or, I mean, listen, in my role as pastor, and I know you, you are like this sometimes as well, Josh, but like, you know, what's going on in the lives of the people that are coming up to receive, yeah. you know, the, the heartache and the joy and, and the struggles and the prayers and, and all the things like there's so many people are coming up to receive and and like I know personally what's going on and it's just a very overwhelming moment to yeah. to kind of witness and be a part of so it's just really special and that's why I mean it's a sacrament not because we say so it's sacred and holy because Jesus made it so mm-hmm. and um, and I know we kind of made a hard turn there for those who are like hey I thought this was about water but this is about that work that transformation that that Christ has done and. And communion is an opportunity or this example for us to say, this is what this is what God has done through Jesus Christ for us. Do we want to live into that? Because mm-hmm. that's yep. that's the grace. Like, do we want to live into this grace? Because here it is for us, you know. So, so yeah, that's uh, a whole lot about VBS and things. And I don't. We talked water about some wine, random, water communion. communion and some other random stuff that the three of us were talking about earlier. I don't remember <laughs> now. But um, hey, porch community, I think we're gonna. We're going to say adios here. Is there anything we need to let our folks know about? Um, just, hey, VBS again? Yep, VBS, VBS will be um, in a couple days after you hear this podcast. Yeah, so it'll be on start Monday. Monday, so... Um, if, 21st. If you're volunteering, thanks for volunteering. Goodness gracious, thank you. Yeah, we'll do a, definitely a big shout-out in yep. our next podcast for our volunteers. And if you are... Um, got your kids signed up, mm-hmm. we're excited to teach them about Jesus and definitely and it's an amazing thing yep but also with RVBS we are going to have our middle schoolers doing yeah. their mission week yeah they're helping uh do RVBS put on RVBS but then in the morning in the right. morning and then on the afternoon they are doing a, another VBS a separate VBS for the boys and girls club mm-hmm. here yep. on campus yep and if you're listening we just want you to be a prayer for our middle school students and and all because with with your prayers this it will be an impactful week mm-hmm. and an amazing week yep but knowing that you're praying for them will just uh impact them even more yeah and they are um working with like you said the boys and girls club and i i'm pretty certain uh that they are working with third graders who are going to be brought over they're part of the boys and girls club program they're going to be brought over third grade kids from our community and that is a that is a very important age uh we're going to talk about that actually in in a little while uh in in a message or so um about just kids and and the importance of them hearing the gospel so that's a great age mm-hmm. um where they're very uh, open to hear and receive and the, i guess their minds haven't been completely like polluted like we are as adults that we are and and jumbled up and stuff like that yeah um it's called like the four to 14 window 
of of that age. Like oh, that's it's, where it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna be talking about it, uh, actually in a couple of weeks in, on a Sunday. So so we're gonna do a uh, Kristen and I are gonna we're gonna have a VBS celebration. Yep. Um, on Sunday after the VBS week, and so um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that on that Sunday before oh, we kind of cool. celebrate. So um, but yeah, so our our middle school students are gonna be helping, our high school students are gonna be helping for for VBS week. College students, adults. You know what? One of the things I love, I'm gonna say this: we have so many teachers who are part of VBS, and I'm thinking after the year you guys have been through. And you're going to give up a week plus because they got to prep for it to be here. I mean, that just says a lot. And a lot of these teachers, they said yes when school was still finishing up. Mm -hmm. And that's a time when I'd have been like, nope, I I don't want, I don't want to be around no kids. I don't even want to think about it. But wow, they're just so faithful. I mean, that just shows the calling in their life to Mm -hmm. love kids because it's just going to be phenomenal. So use the code. Podcast. Podcast, if you haven't yet signed up for VBS. And hey, uh, you might have a neighbor or friends, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever. Um, have them be a part of it. We'd love to have them here for Rocky Railway, VBS. Rocky Railway. So, hey, Porch Community, thanks for being a part of today. And always, one yes. More th- one oh, more thing oh, before sorry, we get Jeff, off. Closing off there. Just a reminder about uh, we're doing one service. One service. This summer. At 10.30. Yes, sir. And it has been awesome to have uh, 9.30 people and 11 people at the same service mm-hmm. and worshiping together. Yeah. It's just been... I've enjoyed it. It has been really good. It's been good to for to see people and for people to see people. Mm-hmm. You know, because we kind of see them, but like for everyone to go, oh, yeah, here we are. So, yeah, I think it'll be nice to be together um, as long as we're able to do it. Yep. Um, and then when we start to fill up more, we'll... we'll shift back to two services. So. Yep, yep, yep. But, uh, hey, thanks, Porch Community. We love you guys. We will definitely be talking to you soon. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you soon. See you, bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.